Hey, this is Kyle Eidelman from Southeast Christian Church, and I want to thank you for listening to the message today. As we open up the scriptures together, I pray that this message inspires you, challenges you, and is the right word at just the right time in your life. Enjoy the message. So this weekend, we are continuing in our series on becoming, becoming the person God made us to be. And we wanna specifically talk about how to have joy when there just doesn't seem to be any reason for it. And you're gonna get to hear from Matt Reagan. For most of you, um, Matt doesn't really need an introduction, but I wanna take a moment and just tell you how grateful I am for him. Galatians 5.25 from the text we're studying in the series says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When I think of that verse, I think of Matt. I am thankful for his example. I'm thankful for the way that he challenges me, encourages me. I'm thankful for the way that he's pastored me. Um, One of the great honors of my ministry life is to stand side by side with him in advancing God's kingdom through what he's doing at this church. Uh, His love for Jesus and love for others uh, is contagious if you spend much time around him. Uh, He helps lead and pastor this church in ways that most people will never know. Would you please welcome my brother, and an incredible pastor, Matt Reagan. Man, uh, good to be with you. I love our church, man. I just love it. And you know, I've known that guy, I was sitting here thinking about it. I've known that guy for a long time, highs and lows, and he's a good man. And we have a great church, I hope you know that. Uh, Today I am excited. We're gonna talk about becoming the person that God made us to be, and I'm excited about that. I hope that you understand that this series is not just a, hey, we're gonna list the fruits of the Spirit, and you're gonna go go home, and you're gonna work harder to get joy, work harder to get hope, or like, that's not the plan. The plan is, uh, the way that the fruit of the Spirit works is you just don't do it. Like, we're not all here because we worked hard, we rise and grind, and we're like, we're gonna tackle joy, and we're gonna make it happen, man. Like, that's not the way it works. Joy comes when uh, we, just, we just receive the invitation to be transformed. So here's the thing we're, we're gonna try to focus on. If you want the fruit of, in your life, if you want the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you're gonna have to pay attention to where you plant your roots. So you plant your roots in the places, in the spaces that God's given you wisdom, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit, just the places where you can be nourished, where you can get what you need, then the Holy Spirit does something in you, and fruit just comes out. It's the way that it works. I'm excited about that. We're gonna talk about the spiritual fruit of joy. And uh, as soon as that came out, uh, a bunch of people are like, oh, Matt, we're so excited because, you know, you're going to talk about joy. You're so happy all the time, man. Like, that's going to be great. And I just want to say, I am happy. Um, I grew up in the hood, so my house didn't get broken into last night. I'm happy. It's easy with me. Um, but, it, you know, I just want to make sure we know, like, happiness is different than joy. We know that, right? So we're not talking about happiness. We're talking about joy. And the, the way I kind of think about it, so I just dropped my two sons in the last couple of weeks off to college, right? And so um, I hopped in a, with my son in his uh, 2012 Toyota Prius and uh, drove 25 hours to Phoenix. I should have had you pray before we left. Um, so uh, I got all this time with him and I, you know, I got just, we just had such a good time. We dropped him off at college and then I fly home and then um, just literally turned around in a couple days and I took my 18 year old, uh, drove him down the road uh, about an hour to this uh, little place uh, that wears blue all the time called the University of Kentucky. Just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. 
And um, I'm just gonna be honest, I don't know how I feel about it, y'all. Like for the first time, my family had to buy, he's, he's gonna be on the track team and he, we have to buy blue. I don't know how I feel, I'm just being honest. So anyways, uh, we're talking about joy. So, um, so here's the thing, right? So um, I, I just, let me put it like this. I just dropped two of my best friends off. And I dropped them off and I love them, man. Like they're finally at a place. No, just kidding. Like I just love who they are. I love them in my life. And, um, and here, you know, I dropped them off and I'm like, well, good luck with life. And then I dropped this one off and I'm like, hey, maybe you'll call one day. I don't know. And so in the middle, as I'm driving home in the next couple of days, people are like, man, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if I'm being honest, am I happy? Not really. Like I recognize this season of life where I got to be the primary voice and I got to be the encourager and I got to be kind of in the wings has kind of shifted. Now they just need to be men and they just need to figure out how to follow God and how to walk with him. And so if I'm being honest, am I happy? No, but ask me if I have joy. Yeah. yeah. Like, why do I have joy? Well, I have joy because I've, I, I've seen what God's done in their life. I've seen the grace that he's extended my wife and I because we weren't perfect parents, but here they are figuring it out. And I don't know what their future looks like. I don't know what bad decisions they might make. I don't know if they're gonna be stranded on a highway, but here's the thing, but I have joy. I know inside, like I'm satisfied, I'm grateful, I'm pleased with what, what's going on. And so joy is different than happiness, right? So here's what I wanna do. I wanna talk about how do we, like how do we, friends, family, how do we have the kind of joy that God intended for us? What, 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 how do you define it and then how do we walk in it, okay? So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna define joy for us so we're not just kind of aiming at nothing. So here it is, joy is an emotional state and it's okay to be emotional. Like God has emotions, emotions are okay. He hardwired us for them. Emotional state of gratitude, pleasure, and genuine satisfaction that transcends our circumstances and overflows in worship. So what's that look like? Well, it looks like, you know, so it's a, it's a state of gratitude. Like I really, am I, am, I, am I super happy about my boys being gone? No, but I'm, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for who they are. I'm grateful for the time that we have. I'm grateful for the season of life that we're in, even though it's gonna be hard. Am I, am I pleased? Um, well, you know, would I bottle this up and open it up every day? No, but I am pleased. I am pleased with the way that God has been so faithful and, and, and where he is in the midst of it. And I'm, and I'm really satisfied. And so here's how you know. Let me put it like this. Here's how you know when it's joy. It's joy when no matter what the circumstance is, something just keeps popping out of you. So like for me, when I, when I was flying on, my, on the flight back from seeing my son here, when I'm driving back from UK with my wife and like neither one of us are talking, it's not because we're mad at each other, it's just because are we happy? No. But almost on the flight and on the drive, in my mind, I'm just sitting there going, man, God, thank you. I thank you for what you've done and thank you for how faithful you've been. And God, I, I could not be more happy that they're yours and I trust you and I know your word and I know your plans. I know who you are. That's where joy comes from. And so here's what I wanna do. If, if we were made, and, I, and I, I really submit that we are, if we were made friends, because of Christ to radiate joy. If there's something that could, be, it could happen no matter what our circumstances is, and you know we all have some crazy circumstances in life. Is it possible that if we planted our roots in something, that God would just supernaturally grow, grow joy in us? So 
if we're supposed to radiate joy, then I got a group of people together and I said, okay, if this is what we're made for, what is it that keeps killing our joy? So I asked them, this is not my list, but they came up with some top reasons that, they're, that, that we're just gonna call them joy killers. Can we do this? So this is what's at the top of their list. I think it's funny. Here we go. Number one is bad drivers. <laughs> is I, I, that was their list. Anybody feel that way? Yeah, you're like, yeah. Okay, number two. <laughs> Two-year-old tantrums, anybody get a witness? Just say amen. Yeah, you can clap, wow, claps, okay. It was rough, wasn't it? Um, joy killer, negative people. Yeah, yeah, joy killer, negative people. It's just tough, okay, next one, social media. Oh, that hit a nerve, didn't it? Yeah, you're like, you got home, you're like, oh, I just need a little time on the couch, I just need a rest, and you're flipping through, and you're like, I'm mad at you, I'm mad at you, <laughs> I hate my car, like, it just kills joy, right? The last one was this, and it was fake people. Can I get a witness? People, and don't, yeah, okay, clap, yeah, it will clap, fake people. Don't point, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, people that are in your life, that they're not for you, right? And they're not with you. They're just for themselves. And that's, that's tough. And so, you know, if I'm being honest, joy killers, I thought, man, I got my own list, right? I tried to make it a little bit more real. Like for Matt Reagan in the Reagan home, what are the things that rob and kill joy? Complaining, pride, anxiety, worried about stuff, comparison, unmet expectations, unresolved conflict, uncertain future when we don't know where the kids are going or our finances are going or our friendships are going, when we just, we just don't know. Impossible circumstances. When things just drop in your lap and you're like, I didn't see that coming. And now I'm like, literally, I think my life is forever changed now because of it. Those are things can, that can really kill, steal, rob your joy. So here's what I want to do. I just want to spend a little time walking through scripture. And I, I, just, I just want to ask the question, is there somewhere, Lord, that we could put our roots, man? Like just the roots of our lives so that you could grow and just supernaturally inside of us bring about this, this unshakable joy that no matter what the circumstances are, we just can't help but be like, like just a rock. Like this is who we are and I know where I am and I am unshakable. Is that even possible? So I did a little bit of a nerd study. That's how I'm wired. And so I went through the whole of scripture uh, and, um, I, and it was interesting what I found. Where are the places that joy is talked about the most? Because if you dive into scripture and I won't give you too much there, like Genesis only mentions joy one time. Isn't that interesting? You get to Exodus, zero. Get to Leviticus, one. I won't go through the whole thing. But it's like one, two, three, seven, until you get to the book of Psalms. And joy is mentioned 57 times. Interesting. So right after Psalms, it's kind of pulled there, but the next place where it's really gonna get pulled is in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is one of the most clear, if you, if you know scripture, and even if you don't, Isaiah is probably the clearest prophet that recognizes, like God speaks into his people and just says, okay, look, I know where you are and everything's crazy, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour some stuff in you. And he, there's some stuff that he does out of that with clarity, more, more, um, more clarity about who Jesus is, more clarity about the promises that have been spoken in Isaiah than anywhere. It's there. And then lastly, of course, is with Jesus. But with Jesus, and we're gonna talk about it, 
these two things kind of build in with Jesus, joy kind of shifts and he kind of, he kind of t- takes joy and puts it in a unique and different spot. So here's what I wanna do. I just wanna walk these through, all right? And I just wanna give you, brother, sister, some places to put your roots, to anchor your life. And so here we go. And uh, when you think of the first one, when you think of, when you think of Psalms, who do you think of? David, right? So David is, uh, you know, is, is David talking about joy because he just had the perfect life? No, I mean, the guy from the get-go, he's, he's overlooked by his dad. Um, his brothers think he's arrogant. Um, he consistently has sorrow and enemies and, and friends that are a joke. He has family drama. Um, he, has, he has times when he's vulnerable. He has issues with his kids. He has the result of his own sin in his life. And he knows it's his fault. And so um, I just think it, it's interesting. And I just wanna tap into this. So, so what was it? Because David was a lot like us. What was it about David? What did he find that made him really understand the, like no matter what the circumstances, he knew, he knew where he could find joy. He just knew. So David would say, and I think he would say this, and I, I would love to take you through the whole thing, but it'd take the whole time. I think David would say, you wanna root yourself, you really want supernatural joy in your life, then he would say, here's what, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to root yourself in the presence of God. Just literally, David would say, just like, whatever you have to do, figure it out. Get to his presence, get to his eyes, get to his words, get to his voice, get to the assembly, find a way, make a beeline for the presence of God. Psalm 1611, it says it like this, I love this, he says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. David just says, listen, I know, like I found the secret. I have all of these ups and downs and everybody's saying so, but here's what I've found and I want you to see it. Like when I step into the presence of God, everything changes. I find joy that, that, that doesn't even make sense. Where are those places? Well, I think he would say it like this. I think he would say, you know, it, it, it's kind of the sacred and the shattered places. What do you mean by that? Well, the sacred places are those places like in Psalm five. He says, listen, when I wake up in the morning, here's the first thing I do. I just set my mind on him. I just wanna be in his presence because I know if I can get in his presence, if I can open his word up and hear his words, something happens to me. He says, so mornings, like I don't know where his morning thing was, but he had a morning thing. In the afternoon or in, in his everyday life, he would go up to the assembly. He said, hey, here's, there's something powerful. When we all get together, I think you know this. David said, when we get together, when we lift up praises, when we share faith, because sometimes I don't have some, so I have to borrow some of yours, but when we lift praises aloud, something supernatural happens and something shifts inside of us. That's why the apostles said, don't give up meeting weekly because you'll lose your joy, man. But he said, it's not only that, but it's like in the evenings, he just would go up on a rooftop. It got him in a little bit of trouble, but he is up at the rooftop. He's just raising his hands, just saying, God, what a day. What do you have for you tomorrow? There's something magnetic with David about the presence of God. But it wasn't just the sacred places. It was also the shattered places. You know Psalm 51 was written when he was found out. When the fact that that rooftop where he was supposed to be worshiping became a rooftop that led him into struggle. And that struggle led to a decision. That decision 
led his, one of his closest friends to being put to death. It led to him sleeping now with that guy's wife, which led to a baby, which led to complications. And all of a sudden, in the midst of this, he's, he's being a fake. He has no joy. Psalm 51, he just writes, and he says this, verse 10. God, I'm in my worst spot ever. I've never been so low. Created me a pure heart, oh God. Just renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence, man. I know, I know the power of your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me, man. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant a willing spirit to sustain me. David would say, you want real joy? And find a way to anchor yourself to the presence of God. Root in it, long for it, hunger after it. Second one is this, Isaiah. You talk about Isaiah, and I think Isaiah would say, hey, listen, I'm writing God through Isaiah, speaking to the people, and the reality is they've just, they've just lost kind of, did, do you ever feel like you've just lost too much and you're tired of losing? Man, they, they, had lost, they had lost kind of their religious system and they lost morality and they kind of lost, you know, their, their political leaders were all crazy and then they started losing family stuff and then they started giving their way to idols and now they have this threat of another kingdom that's gonna come down and rob everything from them and they were just tired of losing. It felt like they were just standing on shifting sand and they, ne- they didn't, literally, they didn't know what the next political cycle was gonna bring. They didn't know the next news cycle was gonna bring. Everything was chaos, So God speaks in and says, so can I tell you through the prophet Isaiah, can I tell you what you need to know right now? Can I tell you where you need to root your life right now? You need to root it in the promises of God. First 40 chapters, he talks about how they lost their joy because they just put it in everything else. But starting with chapter 40, moving on, he starts reaching back to all the things that he has been saying since Genesis and telling them who they are and what he said and what he's spoken. He starts with absolute clarity, more clear than anywhere else, painting a picture of the coming Messiah and how that's gonna paint a picture of God that they can, like literally, a foundational rock that they can finally just stand on. I think Isaiah would say, you want supernatural joy, you gotta anchor yourself in the promises of God. So Matt, what's a promise? Well, a promise is a reason to expect in the future. They didn't know what was gonna come. So Isaiah said, well, let's just talk about what God said. Because if God said it, he's gonna do it. He's like batting a thousand. Like God, there's never been a word come from his lips that hasn't come to be. And so what are those promises? And so... You just read through scripture and you just, there's like over 7,000 promises. But some of you right now, if I'm being honest, uh, your addictions are stealing your joy right now. Some of them are hidden. Some of them people know about. Some of them you said you changed, but they haven't really changed. And and I think 1 Corinthians 10 would just say, listen, I, I think you need to hear this today. No temptation has overtaken you. That's unusual for human beings, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength. Instead, along with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. Some of you right now, financial insecurity is wrecking you, man. And it's your job and it's your future and it's that boss and it's that if this doesn't change, then how do I get those resources and how? And you, you wake up early and I just, I think maybe you need to write down the promises of God because he just, if he said it, he'll do it. Philippians 4.19 says this, says, and my God will what? 
fully supply your every need according to his glorious riches and the Messiah Jesus is just real. Some of you right now, your pace is robbing your joy. As a guy who has five kids, can I get a witness? I don't know which practice I'm at, y'all. Are we at cheerleading? Or are we at football? We're at soccer. Where are we at? Like, tell me where we're at. Like, and everything's so crazy, and you're just on this cycle, and it's, it's sometimes easy to just get numb and to just lose your joy. And he just steps in and says, hey, listen, Matthew 11, verse 28, he says, listen, come to me. Like all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. That's what I'll do. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What do you mean learn from me? Like, look at the life of Jesus. Learn his pace. Learn his Sabbath. Learn his rest. Learn how it, he, he depends on God. Learn from him, for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Some of you, a situation has dropped in your lap and it, you're starting to feel like it's you against the world. It's a diagnosis. It's an impossible circumstance. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a person, but it does, man. It just feels like this won't change. Maybe this side of heaven. And I think, I think it's time to lean into his promise. John 16, says this. It says, in this world, you actually will have trouble. But friend, take heart, I have overcome the world. So promises, God will never leave you or forsake you. Promise, you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. He will always fight for you. He will never stop loving you. His Holy Spirit, if you have accepted him and, and been bought with his blood, his spirit lives inside of you. You've been adopted by him, reconciled, redeemed, restored. You are the sons and daughters of God. All things right now, whether you believe it or not, are working together for your good. And even the trials and, face, and, and, and temptations that you're facing right now, they, they, believe me, they are really maturing and deepening you. He's come that you would have life and have life to the fullest, that because of Jesus, if you put your faith in him, heaven is now your future home, friend, and we will be there forever. So here's the thing, like if you want supernatural, like the supernatural fruit of joy in your life, the joy of being unshakable when everything else seems shaken, then root yourself in the promises of God. Third anchor is, kind of gave you a sneak peek, it's, it's in Jesus, but with Jesus, it's interesting because with David, he's like, hey, hey, God, I, I, I need you to be here, I need you to comfort, I need you to be my savior, I need, you, I need you to be my rock. When you get to Isaiah, it's like, okay, I wanna see ahead, like tell, me, like, tell me what's gonna happen and what can I count on and what can I face? But with Jesus, you get to Jesus and something shifts in him because you recognize that with Jesus, he knows he's headed to a cross, but he's, not running from the pain. He's not trying to get away from circumstances. He's asking God, God, will you use my circumstances? God, would you allow, even in my pain, even in my pouring my life out, would you allow my life to be counted in the purposes of God. And so I think Jesus would say very simply this, and, and I love this, Romans eight says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So I think he would say, root yourself in God's purposes. Um, the purposes of God, Luke 10, 21, I love this passage. Um, it's one of my favorites. It just says simply this, uh, I'll unpack it just a little bit. At that time, 
Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. At that time, I just wanna, I just wanna frame this up, and this is very clear for me. At that time, uh, Luke chapter 10, if you read through the chronology, this is like three years into the life of Jesus. He's, he already, in Luke 9, he's starting to talk with clarity with his disciples and anybody who will listen, I'm headed for a cross. Like, I know where this is headed. I know I'm gonna have an unjust trial. I know I'm gonna be abandoned by my friends. I know that I'm gonna be shamed. I know that I'm gonna be beat. I know that my bones won't be broken, but that my, my joints, because the Psalms are gonna be poured out like wax. I know that I will lay my life down on the cross. The date has been circled in my calendar. And he's full of joy through the Holy Spirit. How's that work? Like Jesus, you know what's coming. But with Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2, he just says things like this. He just says, listen, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He recognized that there is actually something greater at stake than just our circumstances. For third John 1, 4 says it like this. It says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children, this is John talking. Not, these aren't, he's not talking about his actual children, even though that's great. He says, look, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children, like the people that I love, like, like John just poured himself out for people. He loved people. He took in homeless people. He shepherded people. He laid down his life for other people. That's the way it works. And John said, like Jesus said, here's where I find my joy. It's when I pour my life into the purposes of God. And then all of a sudden, even though I've lost it all, I've found something better. So let me give you a little bit of a formula and then let me give you some stories. Can I do that? Because I think from my understanding of just digging through scripture and if I'm being honest, just life. Here's where joy has come to this guy. The reality that literally the presence of God is here. Like some of you right now, I don't know if you're in a sacred moment and you're doing really good, or I don't know if you're in a scattered, like just shattered moment right now, but the reality is, it, 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 this is just true. The presence of God is, is here and available right now. Second thing is this, his promises are true. If he said it, he'll do it. And then thirdly, his purposes, it's my, one of my favorite things about him, his purpose is what? They will not fail, friend. So I remember a moment when it felt like joy left the room. Like if I'm being honest, it felt like joy wasn't even in the atmosphere. So that moment for me was uh, my wife and my little girl and uh, one of my sons, they were down in Nashville and they were coming back that day, I know. And, um, and I pick up the phone and my wife uh, with, a, with a voice that was like trying to console me but it made it worse for me, just said, hey, we just been in a wreck. I can hear the sirens. I hear my son in the background through like kind of crying, whispering breath, saying, mom, I just can't breathe. She's like, baby, you just need to get here now. So I hop in my truck, drive an hour down the road, thinking, what am, what am I, what am I, what are we running? I don't know what to expect. 
I get to the hospital, literally sprint in the hospital. I, as I get there, they're wheeling my son on a bed and they're getting ready to take him for some scan machine. And, I, and they're like, Mr. Reagan, do you, wanna, do you wanna be here? It's gonna be a while. I'm like, you couldn't pull me out of this room, right? So they take him in, they're like, it's gonna be a while. I'm like, great, I will be here. They take him in, five minutes later, they start running around the room, they're pulling him out of the thing. And I'm like, what, what's, what's, and they come over and they said, hey, Mr. Reagan, uh, things are about to go real fast. Your son has internal injuries, the helicopter's on the way, we're gonna do the best we can. I couldn't breathe. Joy is not an option. And I just remember sitting in that little room. I remember my wife, my little girl with her beat up little face. She's so cute. My son laying on this bed in, in family. I'm the pastor. I had no words. Couldn't pray. Couldn't think. Could barely breathe. And all of a sudden, this, this woman, I still don't know who it is, this curtain just opens. She steps in the room and she's like, I don't know what's going back on back here, but I feel like I'm supposed to pray. And I literally, hear me, I literally didn't even have it in me to say, yes, please. I was just like, she just started to pray. I know if you've had somebody step in your circumstance where it just feels like Joy's left the room, it's why we need community. She just stepped in and she started praying. And as she prayed, I promise you, I can't explain it, but the Lord just started speaking into my chest saying, Matt, my presence is here. I don't run from these places. This is where I'm the closest. And Matt, my promises are true. And I started going through, yeah, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That even if this goes where I don't want it to go, I know who holds heaven in his the palm of his hand. And Matt, even though you can't see it, my purposes are at work. It's in places like that where you go, okay, are we being real? Because I need real joy in times where it's impossible. It's where James says it like this. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Anybody else like... That's actually where I don't have joy. <laughs> that literally, literally, that is like whenever you face trials of many kinds, like when trials, the, the, the picture of the wording is like when trail, trials are completely around you and you don't have a way out. And he says, consider it pure joy. See, this word consider is not like, you ought to think about it. <laughs> consider is like an accounting term. And I'm just telling you, that's, that's what I found that day. It was like, hey, Matt, I, here you are, and you can't control the circumstances, and you don't know the outcome, but would you consider, would you step back for a second? And would you be reminded of the God who made the universe, who knits you together in your womb, who knows your, your kids and your son better than you, who has plans, who, who can, it, it, he has all power, he has all authority, even if this doesn't go where I think it should go, that he actually is trustworthy. That's so hard for me. But consider it. Consider it pure joy. Step outside and recognize, Matt, I've got this.
You know, I was driving with my son, a lot of son stories today, I don't know where that came from, but I'm driving with my son the 25 hours, I told you, to school, and as we hop in this little Prius, I don't know, I'm laughing, um, we're driving 25 hours, I'm like, okay, so do you want any stops? Do you want to stop anywhere cool or anything? He's like, nah. I was like, okay. So, and he's like, oh, wait, Albuquerque. I'm like, Albuquerque? The only reason I know Albuquerque is because of Bugs Bunny. Anybody else? Like, all I know is don't take a left turn there. I don't know why I know that, I just know that. So, He's like, Albuquerque, we need to go on this thing. We'll take a picture, it's gonna be hilarious. I'm like, okay. So we, we drive and on the drive, we start having conversations. So am I happy in the car? I am happy because I'm with my boy and we're having deep conversations. That's how we work. And so he's, he's uh, you know, in this conversation, I start telling him about some struggles that I'm having, some things in life that are trying to steal my joy and they're just real. And he starts saying, you know what? I've, I, me too, man. Like, like it, you know, he's always, or, or his journey right now, some of you can understand, is he's in between deconstruction and reconstruction. You know what I'm saying? Where he's like, God, I know you're real. I see it. Are you though? I mean, I know you're real. And you're, I see it. I see it. But I, that's where he is. Just struggling with, is God real? And so, so we're driving and uh, we literally get to Albuquerque and, and we have lunch and we're having literally the deepest conversation the entire trip about our joy and about our hearts and about all this kind of stuff. We go to grab coffee. And as I go to grab coffee, we step out and we start walking through this back alley. And as we step there, there's a homeless guy right off here to my side. We didn't even notice him. Much like most of my life, when I'm so zeroed in to my stuff and my hope and my joy and my, 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 we don't even notice that there might be a purpose of God in the alleyway, but we see him and he literally has to shout over our conversation. He's like, hey, hey, hey. And he's like, hey, you know, is, do, do you guys have any cash? And I'm thinking, man, you know, the only people that carry cash are like drug dealers and crazy people, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and I'm like, man, who carries cash? Um, and I'm like, man, I'm so sorry. And we're, we're about to get back on our, you know, little thing. Cause we're just doing, you know, doing what we do. And he's like, man, I'm just so hungry. And I was like, ah, yeah, we can do something about that. So I was like, hey, no, why don't you grab him? It's kind of smoking hot in Albuquerque. Uh, and I'm like, why don't you hop in? And they hop in in the booth and I go to the line. I'm like, what do you want, man? He's like, I'll take a couple burritos. I'm like, cool. So I go to get in the line. And as I'm in the line, I'm being honest. I'm still not dialed into the moment. Ever feel like that? Like if I'm being honest, I'm doing it because I know I should. That sounds bad, I am. Um, but then I start thinking, okay, like I, I need to give this guy more than a meal. Like, are there any, you know, shelters? You know, what do I need to do? Bugs Bunny won't help. Like, how do I, how do I, <laughs> I should have said that. How do I dial in here? And then all of a sudden I order and, and um, they slide across my check, like my receipt. And I'm just in my world still. And if you knew, if you knew me, if you knew my son, like, like literally we've had this conversation, like my life verse is Romans 8, 19. It changed my life. That creation waits with eager anticipation for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. That, that is my life verse. And all of a sudden my, my son about a year ago came and said, told me one day, he's like, hey, I think we need to get tattoos. I'm like, I'm not a tattoo guy. He's like, I think we need to get 819 tattooed because it's our verse. I'm like, oh, it's your verse. It's our verse. Let's get a tattoo. Don't judge me. <laughs> Anybody want to guess what number the check was? Thousand numbers it could have been. Could have been an accident. Is 819. 
And I started thinking, man, Lord, I'm not doubting your purposes. I'm not doubting to James. I'm getting him food and trying to, God, this, like you see people, you know people, you wanna give joy to people, you understand him, you understand no, you understand me and that we're focused, but we've been, so I just, I'm like, God, what do you wanna say to James, man? Like, you love James, you care about James. Like, give me something to, to speak to James. So I grabbed the burritos and now I'm coming with fire. So James doesn't know what's coming. So I sit down with James and James is like, you know, kind of going through his thing. And I said, hey, James, I just gotta say this and I won't say it right, but I just need to tell you, like, this isn't an accident. Like, God put us here, I think, no, and I were supposed to be here. And I just started telling James who he is and how God loves him and just the purposes that he has and the grace. And he was like, he started to cry. He's like, you just don't understand what I've lost. And I said, I don't, man, but God does. And his presence, I know you slept on a street last night, but his, his presence isn't afraid of the streets, man. All you have to do is talk to him. All you have to do is lean into him. All you have to do is trust him. And we had a holy moment. And I won't go through all that happened, but then we walk out of there, my eyes open to how much God loves James. But then my eyes opened and joy started coming out of how he feels for me and how he feels for my boy. And I held that ticket in my hand. I said, hey, Noah, if there was a check number that God could give us today to help you in the conversation we've been having in the car that that he loves you and that he has plans for you and that he's, that he's real. And it doesn't always happen like this. It's not always supernatural. What would that check number be? Noah's like, no way. <laughs> I just hand it to him. He opens it. He starts crying. I start crying. We don't talk for an hour. We're driving down the road. What I was talking about didn't change. What Noah was talking about probably isn't gonna change tomorrow. But joy came. Has something stolen your joy? Has a lifeless marriage, has a wayward child, has a work situation, has a, diag has a diagnosis, has something dropped in your laps? Has something come to steal your joy? Brother, sister, I, I just wanna encourage you. The spiritual fruit of joy, the Father longs to give you through a deep transformational work. And all he's saying today is, I don't even need you to fake it. I don't need you to try to be happy, pretend like you don't hurt. What I want you to do is I want you to root yourself and the fact that my presence is here and available. I want you to know that my promises, they're so true. And my purposes will not fail. You can trust him. So Father, I just pray over my brothers and sisters right now, Lord, Father, that, that literally right now that you would give them a picture of that thing 
that situation, that circumstance that is trying to rob them. Like the enemy, he's just always coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He just wants to take everything. But Father, you are stronger, you're better, and you don't just create fake things. You show up with power and with grace, and you create powerful, amazing, life-giving things, and you want to help us walk in joy. So Father, today we just say we're gonna... We're gonna anchor, we're gonna root our lives in your presence. Father, would you forgive us for the times we just try to get through our day and we try to think that we can be happy or whatever it is we long for and not really take your presence serious, not really make a beeline to talk to you and to spend time with you. We want your presence. Father, would you remind us of your promises that are true? God, if there's some of us in here that just, it's been a long time since we've had a hunger for your word and a belief in your promises. God, then we pray, would you supernaturally just allow us to root in your word and in your promises? And then Father, for a lot of my friends that, that maybe the circumstances won't change. Maybe that chronic illness is gonna stay chronic. You, I, we know what you can do. But Father, if you are going to use our situation for your glory, Father, we just say to you, even though it's hard, we trust you. Your purposes will not fail. We love you. Help us to walk in supernatural joy. Pray that in the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening. If today's message made you realize you need to take your next step with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us on any of our social media platforms throughout the week or visit our website at southeastchristian.org. And if you want to hear more content like this, you can check out our sermons podcast or our one at a time podcast. Both can be found everywhere. Podcasts are available. Have a great week.